I went down to the shooting range to practice, and someone suggested that I use a blindfold. I'll tell you, if you haven't tried it, you don't know what you're missing. Welcome to Across the Table, the podcast of Hannibal the Magician. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. I'm speaking to myself and I'm speaking to all of you and those of you who uh, who listen and keep coming back and listening and sharing. And uh, I thank you for your support. Um, thank you for listening in uh, to somebody else's life. Mine is a very fascinating one and I'm surprised by miracles every single day. Every single day. Greetings from the top of the world here in my honeycomb up in the heart and the heights of the Rocky Mountains in the town of Estes Park, Colorado. I am grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be alive. And I would like to welcome my new granddaughter who came into this world yesterday at the hands of holy people in holy places, Um, Kira Robin Holbrook. And she is beautiful and dark-haired and curious and wide-eyed and and an, uh, for I don't use the word blessing very much, but she's amazing. Um, I have seen a few videos. I have seen many pictures. Um, I do not have the luxury of being nearby, but I am uh, I am proud of my daughter. I am proud of my my new granddaughter. <laughs> I am proud of her partner and their son, and I am proud to be here at this point in time in history to be able to see all of this happening and to play my part in it. I am uh, uh, I am reading, a, I don't know if I've mentioned this here before, but you might be a first-timer, but once a week I, um, I read a chapter of The Wizard of Oz, the original book, and I post it so my grandkids can watch it. And you are welcome to do the same. I believe the link to my YouTube channel is going to be in the in the comment section of, of this podcast. If not, it's an easy search. Hannibal the Magician. And then, you know, look through my videos. And there's a there's a chapter a week on the original uh, of the original book by L. Frank Baum. It's been a lot of fun. And it gives me a it gives me at least the feeling that I am I am participating. I am there. They'll know my voice. They'll know my face. And um, and hopefully they'll hold it close. Uh, very emotional right now. Uh, the granddaughter's the biggest part of it. Uh, I'm just I'm, I'm overwhelmed with joy uh, that she has arrived. And um, and and even though the world she's coming into is a, is a hard one at this point. I I have faith that she and her family and the people that love her will overcome. If you pull the uh, if you pull the blinders in a little, enough to keep you from panicking. If it was a day where you could not watch the news, not read a newspaper, not see what shenanigans the 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 bigger names in the world are getting into the the people in power, the people in greed, if you could instead, maybe just for today, look at what you do have. Look at, look at 
get greedy for more fresh air. Get greedy for more grass under your feet. Get greedy for time with people that love you and that you love back unconditionally. And stop wasting the anger for the people who are certainly deserving of it and certainly proving every day that they don't deserve the power they have been gifted. But again, and you know, this is me off on a tangent. This is not at all where I thought I was going to go, but their their power was gifted to them by us, by the universe. Something somewhere decided, okay, let's see what these people do with you with the power we've put in their hands. I hear that there's less and less of the common folk around, the the poor and the middle class. When I look around the people that I love and the people that I care about, there's a lot of us here in the middle. There's a lot of us who want better things for the world and get called names for it. There's those of us who don't chase the dollar and get ridiculed by it. Here's a story that's been bugging me for a bit. The last time I submitted myself to competing with my art was 2015. And it, uh, in its own little way, in its offhand shoots of everything that happened, it, uh, it destroyed the world I was living in. I live in the present now. I have, I have had my regrets and I've had my, my growth and my, my finding of the new life, but it, it literally tore my world apart. The, the results and the actions and the things that I did were a result from competing with my art when I knew I shouldn't. It didn't want to. It went against my heart. It went against my gut. It went against everything that I believed in, but I believed some people when they told me it'll, it'll boost your name and, and uh, people will know you better and you deserve to be known better. You deserve to be known by the magic community and to leave a legacy for them. And I don't. I don't. I'm a good performer. I'm good on the stage. I'm good. I'm great with an audience. That came from decades of doing it, of just doing it and being bad at it until I got good at it. But as far as trying to compete against another another artist, another person in my craft, the bigger part of me doesn't understand why I should. It has not brought me anything but grief trying to compete. The biggest award that I ever won competing as a magician was something called the People's Choice Award. I won the People's Choice Award from the International Brotherhood of Magicians at a convention. And part of me is still convinced that I only won that award to put someone else in grief. <laughs> um, you know what? Why don't I just tell the whole thing, huh? So, uh, a number of years ago, a rather large number of years ago, I was starting to come into my own, and I was asked to be a judge at a magic competition. And it was me and a very big name in magic who were the judges of this uh, of this 
close-up contest. I will not name his name. Um, he is no longer here, and there's no, there would be no purpose in in telling a story that might that might be shameful. So I will not mention his name. Um, and in a couple, there were a couple of other judges as well. There were two or three of us people's people whose name and uh, and work I respected. So they asked me to be a judge of this magic contest, and I, against my better judgment, I said okay. Um, now this, uh, this person, this, uh, this esteemed, um, colleague ran a, a convention of his own and it was invitation only and it had some prestige because, you know, he was a big name. You had to be invited in and I had toyed with the idea of seeking an invitation and I, you know, I'd put the feelers out there that, you know, I'd like to. I'd like to up my game. I'd like to learn from people more knowledgeable than myself, and this seems like a very good place to go and 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 make that happen. Well, one of the competitors in the close-up competition uh, was a was a friend of this esteemed colleague, and it was rumored, and uh, more than rumored, the the guy who was competing bragged about how he. Uh, he would get this esteemed colleague into uh, the best restaurants in his town and the best strip clubs in his town, and he would have uh, he would have female companionship available for this person should they want it. And he felt, you know, he was he was making his bones that way. So this person competed, and he he's, he's a decent performer. I'm not taking anything away from that. But the things he chose to enter into the competition weren't his pieces. He was copying someone else uh, word for word, you know, just doing somebody else's act. And while he did it decently, um, I felt that not putting forth work of his own uh, would keep him from winning first place. You know, it, 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 it was a small convention. It, in the big scheme of things, it wouldn't have mattered in the end, but... So we all, the, the judges all talked about it, and we, just, we there was one person, one young gentleman who was a very clear winner who did original material and did it enthusiastically and very competently and knew how to work his audience, and he was, in my eyes, the clear winner. And everybody else agreed with me except for this prestigious person who told me that I didn't get to make the choice. Um... First of all, he, he insisted that his vote counted more than anybody else's, and that if we added up the, the scores like they did in the Olympics, they would throw out the top score and the bottom score, and if we did the math that way, then his friend was the clear winner. Now, there's nothing in the rules in the, at, at that particular convention about throwing out the top numbers and the bottom numbers and judging it like the Olympics. And I called him on it. I said, you're, you're, you're trying to skew the numbers so that your friend wins. I, and I don't agree with that. All of us have looked at this, looked at the competition. Your friend did derivative material, and this person presented original material and did it really well. And uh, he pushed the issue. And because I was young and brash, the next words that came out of my mouth were, you're only wanting him to win because he gets you food and hookers in his town. Yeah, yeah, not, not my best shining moment. It wasn't untrue, 
but it wasn't my best shining moment. Anyway, in, a, in, in his own anger and in his own pushback, he informed me that I would never, ever be invited to his convention, and it would be a cold day in hell before I ever crossed his threshold. And with that, he stormed out, and we gave the award to the appropriate person. So I'll tell you that story to tell you this one. A number of years after that, two or three years after that, um, I was uh, convinced, coerced, encouraged to enter the International Brotherhood of Magicians national, international uh, competition in close-up. I, I didn't want to, but they had a they had a trophy that I wanted to win. Uh, purely, purely selfishness, purely greed, purely only a few people ever get awarded that particular trophy. It's not given out every year. And I thought, I want to test myself, see if I'm good enough to take that prize home. So I entered the competition and, uh, and I, I lost, I, 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 uh, I did not even place, uh, I got a standing ovation. I entertained the socks off of the crowd um, but because of the way the rules are set up and just, you know, and I'm not, there's no excuses. I gave my best and it wasn't good enough. That's, that's fine. That's what competitions are for. Right. And I, I learned things and I, I, I applied the things that I learned as far as competition goes to the work that I was doing for actual real people. So I, you know, it, it improved my act, but there was a, a, a new prize that year. It was the very first time it was ever offered at the International Brotherhood. It was called the People's Choice Award. The People's Choice Award, the people in the audience got to vote for who they thought was their favorite performer, who they thought gave the best performance. And I won, overwhelmingly, the People's Choice Award because audience. I was at home, you know, uh, up on a stage. Well... This particular uh, award came with a very nice trophy. I was the very first person to ever win it. Um, I was I was warmed by the fact that I won over the crowd, that I gave the crowd the good time, as opposed to the elite panel of judges. I've been one. I'm not disparaging them being an elite panel, but it was I was the one the people loved. I was the one the people voted for, and I was very happy with that secondary prize uh, trophy that went along with this was a guest invitation to the exclusive convention that I had been told I would never be a part of. Uh, the prestigious gentleman who I had uh, had heated words with had put that up as a prize, and I guess he just didn't expect me to win it. So I got to go for several years to the uh, to the elite convention of the of uh, some very, very good close-up magicians, and I learned an awful lot, and I had a great time. And a small part of me took some smug satisfaction that despite my heated words and getting in the face of a prestigious magician, my talent, my gift, opened the door for me. There was no way in hell I was going to get into that convention. These are the words that were used. No way in hell. And since he was the final word on it, that was pretty much that. And against 
every one of those odds, he had to hand me the invitation on stage in front of a large crowd himself, and then he had to welcome me to his convention a few months later. We put our angry words behind us, and we became friends. And we have laughed over our confrontation. And a few years ago, he, he passed from this plane and moved on. And, uh, and I miss him, and I miss the convention. Um, but one, nothing is impossible. Even when the odds are against you and someone has built a wall between you and the next place, it's not impossible. And even if you've had heated words and you've been angry and you have been on the opposite side of a, of a very, very important to you um, argument, disagreement, and even though you left stamping and red-faced, there is always the opportunity to mend fences and to love one another. It's a very small example of a very much larger fact in the world. You need, as an artist, as a human being, as someone striving to live through this plane, to live through this life, and to leave a legacy and to put a smile on someone else's face and, and maybe do well for yourself, to nurture and take care of your spirit as well as your flesh. You need, you need to strive forward, and in striving forward, you're going to trip and you're going to fall and it's going to be embarrassing and it's going gonna, it's gonna to frustrate you. I was, uh, every once in a while I will go back and I will read Zig Ziglar's book, See You at the Top, because it inspired me mightily when I was 17 years old. And so I go back to it again and again. And to me, it's the, it has been the motivational book of my life. I got to see him live several times. I got to work the camera uh, while he gave one of his speeches at a, at a large convention. Uh, and I found out he was paid $100,000 per speech. And this was in the early 90s. <laughs> so uh, very impressive to me as a, as, a, as a gentleman being molded. Anyway, I, I got to see him on video a couple of days ago. Just by accident, he popped up on my YouTube feed. And... I'd heard him give this speech before, and I'd heard some of the words from it, but it really moved me uh, this week and all the things that are going on in, in the world and in my life. The, the point of his speech was, you, um, you have to... Okay, I, I wrote it down because I have my notebook with me all the time. I wrote it down to make sure I got it right. Anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. You cannot just instantly stand up and do it great. You have to do it poorly for it to have any meaning whatsoever. If you could read a book on how to play golf and go out and practice for a week or two and suddenly become, you know, the winner at the Pro-Am or the, or the Pro Series or the, whatever the, the highest level of golf you can get, what would it mean? If anybody could do it, it wouldn't be special. It wouldn't be anything. If you took a couple of lessons on how to play the guitar and you learned the chords and you learned the basics of the guitar and then you went out and started booking yourself on tours and, 
and, and appealing to the masses, and you wrote hit song after hit song, what, what would it matter? If you didn't suffer for it, if you didn't bleed for it, if it didn't lead you to the edge of frustration that, so that your whole soul wanted to make this happen, and so you put the time and the effort in. If I could have just bought a book on card tricks and coin tricks and have learned it that way, at this point in my quotes around the word career, I, I would be nothing. I would, I would, because anybody could do it, right? And I scroll through and I see the, the amateurs of today, the young people of today who are doing magic and and they're doing things, and they're doing it badly, and they're exposing some things, and there are other people, you know, professionals in my, in my profession, the elite of my generation who are telling them, you need to stop publishing this publicly, you need to stop, you know, because you're bad, and you're flashing, and you're, you're showing how the trick is done inadvertently, because your, your technique is not yet there, and I understand your point, I really do, but I look at these kids, I look at these young people, and I think, yeah, keep failing, keep doing it badly, do it, do it more in public, maybe get out. I, I learned from the books, and I learned by watching the professionals, and I studied and I planned, but I didn't get good. I didn't start getting good until I put myself out in the street, and I set my table up, and I failed. I failed over and over again. And I had people laugh at how bad I was and walk away without, without tipping. I had people calling out in the crowd, telling other people exactly how I was doing what I was doing. And it took years and years and lots of crying and lots of pounding on the steering wheel on my way home out of anger and frustration that it just didn't seem to be coming. And then I noticed that my hands were getting better. And I was executing the technique well. And I was weaving the story better than I had before. And I was reaching people's hearts and minds and, and making them and staggering them with mystery. But it took years. It took decades. And I'm still learning and still trying to improve. So don't, don't give up. Choose the thing. Choose the thing that makes you happy. Choose the thing that your soul is crying out for and then get ready to get hurt by it. If it is worth doing, it is worth doing poorly until you learn to do it well. And you will, given persistence, given practice, given rehearsal, getting out there and putting yourself in front of other human beings and, and making your art happy, happen and having them turn their nose up at it. But you keep coming back until you become happy with what you are putting forth. So now I live at the top of a mountain in a lovely, a lovely community, uh, a beautiful, beautiful view and clean air and clean water. And, and I'm, and I feel like all the steps led here, even the missteps led to here. And when I start thinking about the missteps, I start thinking about the magic castle. And at the magic castle, I felt like I had achieved a high goal. 
and three years after I had come, my, my first performance there was in uh, 2010, and three years, not a little bit more than three years after I first started there, a trusted friend asked me, a trusted magician friend asked me why I kept going back, why I kept going back for the, the little bit of a salary that they paid me traveling across the country to go back. And I said, because it makes me happy and I make people happy there. And his response to me was, but you're better than that now. They're holding you back. They're, they're tying you down. And I'm like, how, how could that possibly be? This is, the, this is the most prestigious magic venue in the world. And I still believe that, too, by the way. Um, it is not beneath me to be working for this place, to be performing in this place. I, I, I get a lot of fun out of it. And later in life, after the huge disaster that my life became for a little while, and looking back on it, and having someone ask me to tell the truth, and me telling the truth, and paying the consequences of the truth that I told, let me know if you want to hear that story, I figured out that both statements were true. I had reached a pinnacle, I had reached a very high place, and I was performing happily in the greatest magic venue in the world, but I was also better than that. And it was time for me to move on, to not stagnate in a place that was, yes, prestigious, and yes, I was getting accolades and being nominated for awards <laughs> and, and not, uh, not, not caring about the awards. And, and, you know, that dismayed me a little bit. Why don't I want this more? And then the door opened. The universe opened the door for me, and now I'm here and happy to be here, and also knowing that there may be a door in the future that once I have conquered this venue or, or established myself in this venue, the, the, the universe is quite likely to come along and go, okay, now what? Let's go forward from here. Last little bit of a story, because it's kind of frustrating and, and odd, and I'm going to tell it. Um, I was nominated for Close-Up Magician of the Year and oh my God, I don't remember what year it was. I think 2018. I believe it was 2018. And um, yeah, 2018. Close-up magician of the year. And I was up there with with five other very, very competent, very capable, amazing uh, magicians. And um, I sat at the table that night of the banquet. And uh, the entertainment director sat with me and put his hand on my shoulder, and he, he told me that no matter what, no matter what, because I think he knew, you know, he knew who the winner was, um, he said, no matter what, you are the best of these people. Not because you're a better technician, not because you're a better magician, but because the stories you tell bring people magic and, and move their lives. And in my book, that, that, that puts you a notch just a little above. And I didn't win. I did not win. I have, like I said, I have never won a magic contest that I've been in. And I, uh, I was really kind of relieved. I was really kind of cool with that. I didn't, uh, I didn't want my name up on a wall. I didn't want my name on a, on a trophy. I didn't, that's not the legacy I wanted to leave behind. The gentleman that won um, had died the year that he was nominated. Uh, he died before he was nominated, but he was he was given a nomination. And he was a good performer. And I believe he had been nominated and perhaps even won in years past. 
but I started hearing people coming to me and, and going, well, you know, the only reason he won was because he passed away. And my response to that in every case was don't, don't even, don't go there. Don't, I don't want to, I don't want to think that. I don't want to, I don't want you to try to comfort me with that. That's not a comfort. They deemed he deserved it for whatever reason and they gave it to him. And I'm happy that his family, his friends, his people can count that as part of his legacy. It will not take anything away from a performance artist like that. Um, and then I got the opposite side of that coin, too. I had someone that I, that I thought was a friend. I had someone that I thought was a, a compatriot, someone whose work I admire and still do, tell me, you know you're very jealous because this guy beat you for the Close-Up Magician of the Year Award. And that's made you bitter and jealous, and you're not a good person. And I had to say to myself, this is the exact same coin of people telling me that the other guy didn't deserve it or they only got it because he died. This is the flip side of that dirty coin and someone is telling you that they think less of you because they think you're jealous and uh, you don't get it. You don't get it. I didn't say anything to him. I, I, I shut my mouth and I walked away. But it, uh, I didn't want it. I was, I was, you know, that award was not a contest. It wasn't that we all got together in the same room and we presented our art and someone handed us a trophy. No. No. The membership of the Magic Castle looked at everyone who had performed in the building on a certain calendar year and said, this is the person we liked the most. We would like for him to win. I didn't I didn't have to bid to, to be a, a contestant. I didn't have to put myself out there. All I did is I went to work and I got nominated by the audience. I got nominated by the crowd. And then the judges decided that someone else was more deserving. And just like, just like the contest at the International Brotherhood of Magicians, I ain't doing it for the judges. I ain't doing this so that someone can decide that my art is better than somebody else's art. No, baby. I do it for the people. I do it for the butts in the seats. I do it for the people who could have gone anywhere else or sat at home and watched TV and instead came out to see a live performance and I gave them my heart and I gave them my soul and I bloody well gave them magic. And that's the award that I got. I may not know exactly where this road is taking is me. Where you I are. know that I'm exactly right where I'm supposed to be. Journey is long, full of joy and pain. But as long as you're smiling, I'll stand in the rain. I've got nothing left to The funny thing about that is
Jesus. 